Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash speaking of partnership. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get yours today. I am so excited today. I have our featured guest, Kelsey Grant, on the show. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. And, and for any of you who don't know Kelsey yet, that would be the only reason you wouldn't be excited. So let me inform you. <laughs> See, Kelsey is passionate about living in a world where people feel inspired, fulfilled, balanced, and happy with the expansiveness of their intimate relationships. As a love and relationship educator rooted in radical self-love methodology, she writes, speaks, and teaches coaches, thought leaders, game changers, how to access greater alignment with love for their leadership and their relationships to thrive. Her commitment to love runs deep as she is also the founder and facilitator of a local sisterhood circle that creates a safe space for women to open their hearts and share what's really going on behind the scenes of their lives. Currently, she's teaching the essential tools that we don't know we don't know about love and partnership that, that are key foundations to creating and maintaining relationships that really work. Kelsey, do me a favor, take a minute, fill in any blanks there may be in that intro and, and give us a little glimpse into your personal life if you would. Sure, I mean, you pretty much covered it all. Like my, my whole area of passion is relationships and so I do teach my curriculum and I really like to be the the interpreter between the masculine and the feminine because so many times our wires get crossed being fundamentally wired differently and not really understanding those differences and so being able to be that person who kind of just interprets what's going on in the relationship and interprets what each partner is fundamentally trying to communicate so that couples and all relationships can really thrive. So that's really what I get up to in my day-to-day. I also really love music, and it's a way for me to unlock my creative potential is just by playing music and singing music. And, uh, yeah, that's that's really my life in a nutshell right now. <laughs> like, I, I love doing this work. I love love. And relationships are a big part of letting love emerge and you know accessing more and more insight into how we can become more connected to that love that's inherently there within us. Well, Kelsey, that is so cool. And I, I got to tell you, clearly we must be kindred spirits because one of my key focuses is on helping men and women understand our differences. And I also love to sing. So <laughs> that's just that's crazy. Awesome. I didn't know any of that about you. <laughs> that's so fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. 
Yeah, that is. So we let me ask you. that sometime. Exactly. We'll mm-hmm. have to. <laughs> When you're when you're looking at, you know, partnerships and relationships and personally I found it's helpful to have some kind of guiding principle or, or something I can come back to when I get off my path. And I'm wondering, what is that for you? Do you have a quote? Do you have a mantra? It's more of a mantra, and the mantra is what would love do? And in those moments where I'm feeling really confronted or conflicted or, you know, down in the dumps and like I'm really spinning maybe into that darker place in my life, I come back to that idea of what would love do right now? What would love say? You know, how would love handle this? And it's often very different from the answer that's coming from my ego or my shadow or whatever we want to call it. And it helps ground me back into my heart and into my essence and start to look at things a little bit differently. And ultimately, like any action or any communication that comes from the intention to connect with love always seems to go in a very different and empowered direction versus anything that, you know, my ego wants to duke it out about. You know, I, I love, well, one, I love the simplicity of that, but I'm, I, I'm just imagining for myself like, okay, so... What's a situation where I'm kind of wound up and I ask that question? I'm like, oh, I hate that answer, but I know it's a better answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it creates a little bit of space. So, like, at least for myself in my journey, there wasn't, there was a time when there wasn't actually any space in between the thought and the action. And just asking that question creates a little bit of space so that I do have that same moment of clarity of like, oh, I don't like that answer. And then I realized what part of me is saying it doesn't like that answer. And then I can actually choose to either be a reflection and an example of my ego, or I can be an example of my essence. And I'm at that choice point. Anytime I ask that question, instead of just operating on automatic default throughout my life. Yeah. You just reminded me of something. So I, as a little boy growing up, I was incredibly shy. And I realized as an adult, one of my mechanisms for avoiding being shy, because I wasn't necessarily less shy, I just managed it, mm. was if I was talking, then there wasn't the space for people to figure it out. So be like, oh, you're so good at asking questions and interviewing people and so on. And I was realizing I was really filling a gap. And I was dating this woman, Nancy, once, and she looks at me and she goes, you talk a lot about nothing. <laughs> And she gave me something that that I'll never forget. She goes, you know, a long time ago, I learned this thing and I don't know where I got it, but she calls it wait. And it stands for why am I talking? Mm, That's good. And it does what you're talking about where it gave me the space to go. Do I really need to say that? Mm. As opposed to I'm doing it because I'm operating from this idea that what if they find out I'm shy if I talk, they're not shy. So therefore, I'll keep talking. Right. Yeah. So I, I love that idea of creating the space to actually make a choice amazing yeah another reason we can be kindred spirits <laughs> this is getting out of control and we've right. only just started this interview it's so good. okay no more of this it's too much the world can't handle it isn't that fun how we diminish ourselves like that oh it is it is quite <laughs> funny how we'll take something that's so extraordinary and minimize it yes. and it, it really does play into that same part of ourselves that wants to stay shut down or you know wants to fill the space or wants to be reactive like it all comes from the same place it's fascinating to me yeah it really is 
Well, I want to I want to take us into what our listeners tell us they love about the show, which is our guests sharing their personal stories. And I'm, I'm going to thank you in advance for doing that. And and what I'd like to start with is actually a time when, well, you kind of you screwed up, you tripped up in your partnership. And mm -hmm. tell us the story. What were you doing? What'd you trip on? And and then what did you learn from that that you could move forward? Okay, sure. So I'm going to use the most recent relationship that I was in. And this is actually close to the beginning of when we started seeing each other. So like most new relationships, it's really blissful in the beginning. And then, you know, something happens where we get tripped up. And for me, what I got tripped up on was my jealousy and insecurity. So there was a couple women that had come into our lives and one in particular that I felt incredibly threatened by. And my old mechanisms of handling jealousy started to rise up. And instead of asking those questions of like, what would love do? I just allowed myself to really run on automatic pilot and be reactive. And, and it got to the point where I was really clinging and almost choking the life out of our relationship. And it eventually led to, you know, this, the relationship coming to an end temporarily. And in that moment, like I knew that I was like, there was some intuitive hit that I was getting about this woman and I wasn't honoring that intuitive hit. And instead I was allowing that mechanism of jealousy and insecurity really take over so that the truth had no space to emerge. And that just, you know, set this train of anxiety and my, my, attachment style is an anxious attachment style. And so it just kicked it into overdrive. And, you know, I began grasping and holding and trying to like really micromanage my partner and the relationship, which ended up, you know, not working out in our favor. And I think that's, you know, a piece for me that was really important to witness. And it's almost like I could see myself doing this, but couldn't stop it. And I don't know about you or anyone listening, but there's a lot of the times we know that we shouldn't be doing things, but yet we're still doing them. And it's, it's this automatic response that I hadn't quite gotten a handle on completely and really fully understood. And what it came down to was really understanding that core connection between me and my intuition and trusting that and really honoring that connection and that information that was coming through of something isn't right here and having the courage and the self-esteem to approach that conversation from a very empowered place instead of a very reactive place. So I'd say that was like the most recent place in which I got really tripped up. And that was about four, four years ago that that happened. And, you know, it's still, like, it became the basis for the work that I do and, really teaching men and women what to do when that in, like that intuition starts to rise and giving them that space around that experience so that they can choose to act in such a way where it's more congruent with partnership and more congruent with love because partnership requires truth and it requires honesty to really thrive. But if we're reacting, we're not creating a safe space for that honesty and truth to emerge. So I'd say that's probably where I got tripped up the most. And, you know, it, it started this whole wild journey between the two of us for about four years. And 
yeah, there's been so many learning points in that relationship. And I'd say that's the biggest trip up. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you, you said something that I'm sure our listeners are wondering. You said that this this actually caused a, a end to your relationship. So that was in the middle. So you got back together after that. Is that right? We did. Um, and so it was about maybe four months after the initial breakdown that and, and the breakup that we ended up finding our way back to each other. And like, there was you know, a lot of learning that happened in those months that we were apart for, for both of us. And um, I, I can't speak on his behalf, but you know, I can only speak to my personal learning and my insight and my growth. And um, the truth eventually did come out. And so that's, you know, it was a really important piece for my self-esteem and my self-trust to recognize that my intuition had been right the entire time and that what I had been picking up about this woman and her intentions was correct. And I had just ignored that intuitive hit and I really abandoned my truth in that moment. And when I had abandoned my truth, there's going to be, like in my experience and my perception of it, if there's a betrayal that occurs in the relationship, it's often a reflection of a deeper betrayal that we've already done with ourselves, you know, way back along the line. And for me, that betrayal was not honoring that intuition and not honoring my truth and really second guessing myself as to whether or not what I was feeling was real or, you know, if it was right. And there was no logical reason for it to happen. So I rationalized myself out of it instead of just really honoring what was there. And so that became like a big basis of the new relationship that we started and it had to be you know we had to start a brand new relationship one that was actually based on honesty and transparency excellent mm-hmm. yeah and and you you mentioned something there at the end that really caught my attention which was the only way you could restart the relationship was by actually not doing it from the same point where you mm-hmm. fell apart Mm-hmm. which so many people go, oh, cool, we'll give it another try, but you're exactly where you were. Exactly. You haven't honored that something's got to be different if we're going to move forward, because clearly the last time it didn't, why would it change now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's such a great point. You know, it's funny, too, because you mentioned about, you know, you're, you're kind of running away from your intuition, if you will. Mm-hmm. And obviously that didn't serve you. And one of the things that, that uh, I'm, I'm really aware of that, with our, our, our uh, finding your follow your yes Friday show that we do, it's funny because I get to hear a lot of stories about people following their intuition, which is something that's very near and dear to me as far as the work I do with relationships. And one of my my guests, Jeffrey Allen, said one time, and I'll never forget this. It was so great. He goes, "If you don't understand it, it sounds nuts, and your brain's resisting it, then you know it's your intuition." <laughs> Which is true, mm-hmm. because that's so why we true. fight it so much. We're like, I don't understand this. What's this mean? It's like, just go with it. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to understand it fully. You know, and it, it seems, at least in my experience, it all makes sense in time. Like, yes. as, the, as the path unfolds, mm-hmm. everything makes sense as to why, at least for me, why I was guided the way that I was guided and why things unfolded the way that they did. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd like us to make a slight adjustment in our stories. And, and 
it's a nuanced difference, but it's a significant one. And what I'd love to ask you, Kelsey, is to share a story of a time when you had what I call a duh moment. One of those times where you're like, geez, I can't believe I've been such a knucklehead. I can't believe I've been doing this for so long. And and give us a, an understanding of, you know, what were the steps you took to turn that kind of wake up moment into a building block for your future partnerships? Mm, that's a great question. So like, I think that like big duh or aha moment for me was recognizing like in my in my relationship, there was a big element of dependency in our partnership in the sense that I was depending on him to give me pieces of my self-esteem back. And I was looking to him for approval and validation. And you know, to a degree that's that's okay, that's gonna happen in a relationship, but it was really unhealthy because I actually wasn't giving myself that validation, that approval, that recognition. And so there was two places where I kind of went with it. And the first one was really asking myself, who is it that I really need recognition from? And the first answer that came was yourself. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And it was one of those intuitive moments where I was like, oh, I don't like that answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, and I had to really step onto the path of how can I acknowledge myself? How can I validate myself? How can I approve of myself? And so what I did with that was I actually started a 30-day challenge with myself of really admitting every single day, what did I do today that was self-loving? What were my action steps of self-care? And what am I acknowledging and, and celebrating about myself today? And I did it on a public forum. So I used Facebook because to me, accountability is everything. And, you know, if I really wanted to build up that muscle of being able to recognize myself, I needed to be consistent and I needed to really repeat it so that it locked in as a habitual pattern. And there's no better place for that uh, accountability than Facebook when you've got a tribe of people who are waiting for your update every day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I can't not do this because then I'm going to look bad. And so it, it really pushed me into moving through that resistance, which is, you know, being seen and being vulnerable and also recognizing myself. You know, we talked about this right at the very beginning, like it's so easy for us to really get down on ourselves and diminish ourselves. And it's not so easy to recognize ourselves and celebrate ourselves. We're not really trained or taught how to do that. And it feels weird. Like when I first started doing it, I'm like, oh, this feels so unnatural. <laughs> and, and it felt unnatural only because my conditioning up to that point was the exact opposite. Like I was well-versed yes. in giving myself a hard time and you know, really running myself through that, you know, lens of guilt and shame and all of that garbage. And so I just, I hadn't built the counter muscle. And so that's why it felt uncomfortable, just like going to the gym. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable when you're starting to build a new muscle up. And consistency repetition was key in order for that muscle to develop. And the same is true for the muscle of self-recognition so that I wouldn't be so dependent on my partner to fill me up. And the second place that my intuition was like, hmm, this is what you need. Like you're seeking recognition from your partner, um, but you actually need to hear it from your father. 
and having built up that 30-day muscle of self-recognition, I got on the phone and I asked my dad for what I needed to hear. And I said to him, I was like, dad, I really need to know that you're proud of me. That's what I need. And I just, I hadn't been that courageous before to ask him. And I somehow knew that he was proud of me, but those words had never come out of his mouth because, you know, words of affirmation aren't his love language and acts of service are. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I needed to hear those words out of his mouth to really be complete with that piece of my healing. And it wasn't coming at it from a place of, you haven't recognized me, you haven't loved me, like, I'm now messing up my relationships because of you. It was none of that. It was, Dad, this is what I need from you. And from that conversation, he stepped up and he was like, of course I'm proud of you. He's like, you picked up you know, your life in another city and you moved to a whole other city with no real plan. And from that you know, bold, courageous move, you've built a life that you're proud of and that I'm incredibly proud of you for. Wow. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it was so nourishing. And like my heart just opened. And I knew that by really repairing that connection with my father, that it would open up a whole new world of possibility with my partner because I was no longer projecting, you know, what I needed from my dad onto my partner because that is a pretty heavy weight for him to have to fulfill on. And I was no longer projecting the the weight of me having to recognize myself onto my partner. So I just, I took a whole bunch of weight off of my partner and off of the partnership so that love actually had a container to dance around in and really thrive. Oh, that's a great image. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. no. And, and you know, you, you spoke to so much about, you know, owning what your needs are. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of variations on what that will look like. And one of the things that you just reminded me of that when I work with folks around their needs, which is a kind of a core of the work I do, a lot of times we feel guilty that we have needs. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I shouldn't need that. And the way I always look at it is it's kind of like if you were a plant. Every single plant has a different, you know, water and sunlight and temperature needs. But none of them are wrong for needing that. Exactly. And we would never not do that unless we didn't want it to thrive. If we wanted to thrive, we like, oh, please let us know what your needs are so I can help you. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't want anybody else to know what our needs are and <laughs> how can they help you thrive. Right? It's, it's so, so ironic. Yeah. But the reality is when we can go, oh, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, of course my needs are different than yours. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make them a bad thing. It's just this is what I need to thrive. I'm aware of what I need. And when I can own that, then somebody else can actually provide it because nobody will ever guess your needs. Exactly. Just like your dad. He's like, of course I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like he a no-brainer. He no idea you needed to yeah. hear it. He thought you understood that from how he acted around you. Exactly. And yeah. He's like, really? Oh, geez, that's easy. Why don't you tell me how to do it? Yeah. Like, it's, it's such a clear directive. Yeah. And then it immediately like created the conditions for that need to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to manipulate. I didn't have to cajole. I didn't have to like sit around hoping and wishing that one day maybe he'll tell me he's proud of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just got right to the source point and it required me to be vulnerable. Absolutely. You know, and I think maybe that's why 
you know, there's, there's resistance there sometimes for people around their needs is because it requires them to soften. It requires them to be vulnerable and really open. And that can be scary Mm -hmm. because what if the person says, no, I don't, I don't want to recognize you. No, I'm not proud of you. Then what do you do with that? Yeah. Right. And my experience is like when I come at it from a place of vulnerability and open heartedness, people have no choice but to meet me there. Mm-hmm. And an open heart cannot harm another heart. And, mm-hmm. you know, if my heart's open, it's going to call the other person's heart to open as well. And when their heart's open, they can't do or say or be anything that's going to be harmful. It's only when their heart's shut down that those things can rise up. Yeah, I love that. It's a great statement. Mm-hmm. And again, what you're speaking of is is so huge. It's funny because I, I I I was wanting to ask you about like a proudest moment in partnership, and I have to imagine the one you just described would qualify. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it certainly <laughs> brings a smile to my face just hearing about it. But I'm wondering, is there another one? Is there something that you're like, wow? When when I think of this, I can't help but smile. Um, you know, I think it really, like there's so many of those moments that have happened throughout the partnership. And I think any of them can be boiled down to when we've had authentic and really heart opening conversations. And there's no one specific conversation that really stands out aside from, you know, once the infidelity had really come out into the open and being able to sit in the face of my partner's shadow and say, you're still worthy of being loved. And, you know, I still love you. I forgive you. I accept you. And I accept this part of yourself because if I'm rejecting his shadow, I have no choice but to reject my own. And his shadow is a part of him. And my shadow is a part of me. Now what we do with our shadow is a whole other conversation. Um, but the acceptance of, who he is um, fully and really not denying those parts of him really created the space for him to do the same for me. And there are ways in which, you know, I have been seen in that dynamic that I'd never been seen before in that sense of belonging and really being accepted um, to me are some of the most proudest moments of our partnership. And, something that's truly special and beautiful and to be honored and cherished yeah that's that's wonderful thank you yeah you're welcome great question thanks (laughs) so we've actually arrived at a part of the show i call bring it all home and this is where we actually step away from the stories Mm-hmm. And I ask you to provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners that they can apply into their relationships and their partnerships right now. Okay. And where I'd like to start is, what would you say is the best either partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received? Um, the best advice, I'd say, is approaching the relationship as a path, not a destination. And what that means is that when we're on relationship as a path, you know, anything that arises on that journey is meant to be there. And we can meet it with curiosity. We can meet it with love. We can meet it with compassion. And when we can meet those points in partnership um, that are coming along the path from such an open vantage point, it allows us to really work with it 
And it allows us to really use our relationship as a vessel for our personal growth, both independently in the, as individuals in the partnership, but also as the partnership in general. Like the partnership will grow and evolve and shift and change, and it's never going to stay the same. And so if we see it as a path that's ever evolving and ever expanding, that creates a lot of space for acceptance of what will you know, naturally shake out and occur in any relationship dynamic. Like nothing ever stays the same. No two people ever stay the same. And so to have a context for a relationship that really honors that changeability and works with it, I think is very freeing and liberating. So I'd say that that's the, the biggest and greatest piece of advice that I've ever received. That's excellent. Sounds like a real winner. <laughs> so, Kelsey, the second thing I'm curious about is what would you say, as far as if you had to re recommend just one book or resource about partnership, what would it be and why that one? Um, so I would recommend a book called Journey of the Heart, The Path of Conscious Love by John Wellwood. And the reason that I would recommend that book is because it's all about um how to really embrace relationship as a path. And what I love about John Wellwood is that he combines the essence of psychology with spirituality. And I think one without the other, we're not getting a full picture of the potentiality of relationships. So if we're only diving in on a psychological level, that's going to get pretty heavy pretty fast. And we're always going to have to go back to our childhood and start digging stuff up. And that can be exhausting. And on the flip side, if we're only ever dealing with the spiritual side of things, we'll float off into Never Never Land and not root those like insights into reality. So he's one of my favorite teachers to actually combine the two. There's a couple others, but I really just resonate with the way in which he approaches relationships as a path. And he goes through like the stages of a partnership and you know, when we hit that power struggle, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't spell disaster. And he really gives some concrete advice as to how to work through that stage of partnership with grace and with awareness and with love. And that's why it's my my number one recommendation. Excellent. You know, that's, that's actually one I've never had recommended on the show before. So that's fantastic. Really? Yeah. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, I love it. Cool. I love it. Well, Kelsey, what I'd love for you to do is leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. In other words, a specific example of something you were able to do or create or experience that was totally the result of being a partnership. It would not have happened on your own. So I would say the evolution of my business um, without being in partnership, um, that just it wouldn't have evolved to the place that it has. And even my curriculum for love that I teach now that is like the main point of focus, that came out of a conversation with my partner. That was my partner's idea. And it was his insight and his observation of me, my talents, um, my strong suits. And he brought that to me in a really honest conversation and suggested that I do this and override that resistance that had been getting in the way for so long. So his support and his insight and his revelation really cracked me open and helped me level up into a new degree of fulfillment 
and ultimately service in my business. And it just, it wouldn't have happened had it not been for our partnership. Yeah, that's such a concrete example of how valuable the reflection that we is that we get from our partner is. Mm-hmm. Because obviously he's telling you what he sees as your strengths and you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> what? That's what you see? That's the stuff I think I suck at or yeah. I'm embarrassed that I do that or whatever. And the reality is that's probably a, a good example of how others are seeing you too. Mm-hmm. Which let people go, oh, yeah, we've been wondering when you do something like that. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I never thought anybody listened to me about that or whatever it happens to be. So mm. it's such a great example of, you know, those those things, those enhancements of who you are as an individual happen because of the partnership, not in spite of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to tell you, Kelsey, I mean, clearly we're kindred spirits. We've clarified <laughs> that already. Yep, but clearly. I doubt if that's just you and me. So I would love for you to share with our listeners, how do they contact you? How do they learn more about what you do? I'm sure. So the easiest way to contact me is through my website, which is kelseygrant.com. And I also have a Facebook page, Radical Self Love, and uh, you can message me through that as well. Those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. Excellent. Well, I got to tell you, the stories have been so genuine. I really, really appreciate how real you came to this and and really brought the truth of of your experience. And I've learned so much. You just kept reminding me of different things like, oh, yeah, I got to remember that. Got to remember this, which is (laughs) so valuable to me. I know our listeners are sitting there with the same thoughts going through their head. So I I just want to thank you for being on the show today, Kelsey. Mm, You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.